two places in your Bible, Genesis chapter 6, Brother Larry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, a little more teachy than preachy this morning. Genesis chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Genesis is the first book in your Bible. If you need help finding that, if you'll come forward, we'll pray for you. (laughs) Verse number 4, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that. When the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, they bare children to them. And the same became mighty men, which were men of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Ask a friend of mine from Colorado, Brother Caleb, a preacher friend of mine out there, to pray and ask the Lord to bless the service, would you please? Amen. Amen. As you're being seated, take your Bible and come to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. I want to try to be careful how I go about trying to give you a thought or an idea from whence to put your feet down on something that is solid in a time where the world seems to be unstable and not solid. The devil is not interested in what you do, but he is very interested in how you think. In Genesis chapter number 3, we find out that the issue is not an environmental issue and it's not even a marital issue. Because we know for a fact that Adam and Eve were right for each other. God created Eve out of the side of Adam and gave Adam that woman to complete the man as we know and have used in marital ceremonies before. We know their environment was absolutely perfect. But in a perfect environment, the devil still showed up. And what he did do was simply change how Eve perceived things, how she thought about things. He doesn't say anything about the tree to begin with. He simply says, Yea, hath God said. How would you say something without words? Words can change how you think. And so what the devil did, instead of running a whole bunch of temptations and salacious things that are out there, salacious things that are out there in front of her, all he did was change how she perceived what God said. Most people wouldn't realize that that was a more effective attack than bringing lustful things before her eyes and tempting her to do things in her flesh. All he did was just change how she thought. And by changing how she thought, inevitably it caused the destruction or the changing of God's words and therefore led to disobedience. And as we know, on that day she died spiritually then and then later on pronounced a sentence of death on all of mankind that lasted for 6,000 years. All because of how she thought. Look, if you will, please, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, many of you are familiar with this. The Bible says uh, in verse number 1, Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you, I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with you, wherewith I speak to be bold some against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, look there. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
in studying or preparing, going back over some of the things that I'm familiar with in this particular passage, I, I begin to look into what's known as propaganda. Propaganda is actually a science, it's a tool, it is a very effective tool to simply, as Goebbels said, make somebody believe a lie and if you parrot it or repeat it enough times, the bigger the lie, the easier it is for them to believe it. He broke it down this way. He said, one of the things you need to know about propaganda is, is that people are ignorant. So you must break it into slogans and keep repeating those slogans over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes a part of what they believe and it changes their thought process. Most people don't know about Goebbels. He actually studied to be a Roman Catholic priest, was going to be a Roman Catholic priest. As a matter of fact, his parents wanted him to be a Roman Catholic priest. He was very smart. He was a great orator. He was an excellent, very proficient, very prolific writer and was able to accomplish a number of things. Somewhere along the line, he got pulled into Hitler's regime and Hitler, who utilized his ability to manipulate people, utilized Goebbels to be able interesting to be able to manipulate an entire nation, if not entirely the world. And one of the things that's interesting about him is, is he was born probably because of polio with a club foot. This is in the days and times where they were destroying people who were deformed mentally or physically. Literally, at birth, if there was something wrong with them, they killed them on the spot or took them out to be exterminated. This is in the days when people that were mentally retarded, they locked them in insane asylums and starved them to death. This was in the days that when people did not follow after what the German thought was, the idea of the Reich's thought was, that during those days, those people would be exterminated, yet they made an exception for him because he was exceptional in his powers of persuasion. Interestingly enough, he tried through surgery and then to be able to wear a brace for a long time. He walked with a limp, which kind of defies the, 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 the perfection that they were seeking for, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed individuals that came across and came to be known as the Third Reich or the Third Millennium, the Third Thousand-Year period of time that Hitler was supposed to bring in. A lot of people don't know about this uh, very wicked man was is that he used and was given power over all forms of media. Why is this important? Just, just hear me out just for a second. Let me try to draw a parallel. He was given the power over all media. Radio was his big deal. So much so that he would even go get things that were inexpensive and just have playing over the record, I mean, playing over that intercom system in places that didn't have radio, constant repeating of the slogans and things like that to the point that he made movies about Jewish people being rats or vermin. He began to place pictures in there to show, to go along with the thought process, that the reason that the world was at war, the reason that the world, when people were dying in mass quantities and, and those kind of things, was because the Jewish people were behind all of that, and the only way to eradicate the problem was, was to eliminate all the Jews. Leave the spiritual side out for just a second, and let me try to show you the power of persuasion. He even said in 1945, right? before he had a dentist give his six children a huge amount of morphine and then while they were in a sleep given drug induced state his wife and him crushed up cyanide capsules, shoved them into the mouth of their six kids, then they went out into a graveyard and one story says he shot her then he shot himself, the other one said they shot themselves together uh, however you want to believe it, they both committed suicide. This is a man that led an entire nation by words. He never fired a shot until he took his own life. He never wore a uniform in battle simply as a prop to go along with what he was doing. When you think about people with propaganda, you think about Lenin, you think about Stalin, you think about people like Karl Marx, you think about Mao Zedong and people that have caused or created by words the ability to shape entire nations. 
I told you a few weeks ago when the Tutsis and the other uh, tribe that were, were against each other that the man that invested and his name just slipped my mind, uh, he invested in thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars and bought up radio stations and all he did was talk about the Tutsis and how evil they were and how they were trying to take over and what resulted in that after he gave them dump truck loads, semi truck loads full of machetes was they would cut, as I told you already, the Achilles heel of their victims so that they could not run away and then hack the individuals to death just because they belonged to another tribe. In less than 30 days, they annihilated one million people. But they were annihilated with words first. Oftentimes what happens is, is a lie can be propagated or brought about, false communication can be brought about where if an individual hears something the same way over and over and over and over again, it no longer matters if it's truth or a lie. It becomes truth because it's been repeated so many times, so it must be true. Our statement nowadays is, if it's on the internet, it must be true. Now it's, well, if it's on the internet and I verified it, it must be true. You might want to check the source. You say, where are you headed with this? You live in a day and time where people's anxieties are driven constantly. Can I remind you or can I say to you, the first one to use mass marketing was Goebbels. He used marketing techniques to market or sell what he wanted to sell against individuals that he saw as the enemy. What he utilized was a common enemy of everybody and so he united an entire nation and or nations together by using a single enemy with idiotic responses that if they were to verify the things that they were looking for and look into those things to see whether or not they were true they would find out he was lying. As a matter of fact, it's odd, but in his years in college, five years of which he did in postgraduate work, you know what? His favorite teachers were Jewish. And then he began to propagate the need to eradicate or eliminate Jewish people. And how was he able to do that? You wouldn't think if you would imagine in your mind's eye, you would not even pause to think that he could nearly eradicate an entire race of people with words. Just to give you context, just to help you to understand, nine million or so in Russia. Six million by Hitler's war machine in Germany and Poland and other places like that. It wasn't a farce. It wasn't a put on. It's not a conspiracy. It actually, actually did occur. I don't care what stupid, ignorant, idiotic preacher tries to tell you the Holocaust didn't happen. It happened. And he used words in order to get it done. He stirred up the people with words. His slogans were so simplistic, they were the epitome of ignorance. You say, why? Because his attitude was, we have to get down to the common ignorant people because that's where lies resonate. He surpassed the intellectual people. He said, if we can get those other people, we can do something. And so he was put in and became number two in charge. Obviously, when Hitler killed himself, or not, if you believe it, and he wound up dying in Australia and, and whatever you want to believe. But when Hitler killed himself or when he resigned in Hitler's will, he resigned his position and passed in his will onto Goebbels, who lasted one day as chancellor. He wrote a letter for a ceasefire. And then went out and killed himself after he killed his six children. You want me to tell you something odd about that? Goebbels is the one who came up with the idea or the thought that if you could convince the nation that it was about the salvation of the children, you could get the nation to give up any of their liberties that they had to in order to, quote, proverbially protect the children, that the nation would gladly sacrifice their liberties in the name of doing something for the children. And then, here's the odd thing, he goes out and kills his own children by his own hand that he claimed to be protecting. 
You say, what is it? It's the epitome. It is the pinnacle of the temple. It is the, the, the most vivid picture of mind control of propaganda unless you go to the Bible. By convincing a woman in the garden to do something contrary to God's word, he didn't just damn a nation, he damned an entire race of people, human beings, of all colors, of all races, of all religions. Preacher, what are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to say the devil's more interested in how you think than in what you do. If the Bible's right, the Bible said, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. If the Bible's right, we are driven by our thoughts. Our actions are simply an expression of how we've been thinking. I have really done my best in the past several weeks to intentionally not pay attention to the talking heads who are trying to convince me that when I walk out the door to cut my grass, that thing's waiting outside my door to get me. I'm just telling you, that's what they're trying to... You're in... Home Depot or Lowe's, Walmart or the grocery store and you walk by somebody and they're looking at you like... You're on an airplane and you go... <coughs> they're like... <sighs> because all of a sudden that jumped out, jumped in the air system, although now they have all the UV lights and then it recirculates through and then when you, by the time it gets to you, it can't get you or, or whatever. Uh, they sit down there wiping the trays and they're wiping the... And, and, and it's all driven by... Can I say this as carefully as possible? Not by facts. It's driven by a misinterpretation or a misuse of facts. Several years ago, there was a political campaign and one side of the political campaign wanted to use crime statistics in order to make it look like we needed a change. And what they did was is they twisted and turned certain facts, certain information to skew what happened. Here's what was said. By the time they find out that the information we're using is turned or twisted, they will have already bought into what we're trying to say. The other side's response was, we'll change part one, part two, part three crimes, and instead of looking like we have all of these assaults and problems, we'll change that to an assault being part two instead of part one, and we'll only make battery, but that battery, if it's violent, we'll leave it as part one, but if it's not violent, we'll move it down here, and thereby taking factual information, but skewing how it is brought out, spinning it is the modern word, to turn it into something to make you think, wow, we don't have any crime in Jacksonville. We changed the word gang to instead of a gang unit, we had a juvenile intervention team. Utilizing words to say, we don't have a gang problem. Bloods and Crips and California style, you know, stuff. No, no, we don't, we don't have that. We have some juveniles that are out, so harmless. I mean, it's just really no big deal. I mean, it's just a few juveniles acting the fool. Slaughtering people, murdering people, raping people, robbing people, taking old people's stuff. But it's just some misguided juveniles. By using words to make the people ignore the real facts, 
But get them stirred up. We need to have better schools. But we can if we don't have peace in the school. Thus, in my day, came the advent of school resource officers. Not police. They're police, but we don't call them police. We call them school resource officers. They're a resource for the school to utilize. None of those school resource officers that I knew were a resource for the school to do anything but, hey, can you get that jerk out of here and put him in jail? He is a threat. We need law enforced in the school. But we didn't say that. We need school resource officers so that we can be more warm and fuzzy because we really don't have a gang problem. We just have a little juvenile problem. Are you with me so far? The message isn't as long as the introduction, so just bear with me. Then what began to creep in to the churches was far more dangerous than the charismatics twisting the Word and turning it around to the gifts of the Spirit. What began to be propagated from propaganda was that the church actually had a voice because we were so powerful in politics and in social reform. And so now we have to get the pastors together, all together for a big forum to say, how can we use the church to fix the problem? And one preacher said, the problem is they're unsaved and they need Jesus. No, 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 now. No, we can't. No, no, no. We, we got to deal with a community-wide problem. No, you, no, you, you don't understand. And then off it splintered. And the next thing you know, you have police and metal detectors in your schools. And it wasn't just high school. And it didn't stop it. You went to junior high. And now things begin to change with the power of words. You live in a time right now where the focal point is not on Jesus Christ, Him crucified, the judgment seat of Christ, and seeing souls saved, getting on the ark and getting out of here. You live in a day and time where people are looking in all honesty to be lied to because they don't really want to believe what the truth is Rename it, reclassify it, even drop Baptist off your sign. Even don't, 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 don't. You can say Bible, don't say King James Bible. Don't be divisive, don't be definitive, don't be truthful. Learn how to speak in such a way so as not to offend, but to inform. As one fellow said to me, he said, the power of persuasion in the pulpit has been lost to a demonic, diabolical thought that we are there not to persuade but to inform. Well, that's not what the Bible said. Preaching is for the purpose of persuading you that God's way is the right way. And it should be persuasive. It shouldn't necessarily be politically correct. It should be truthful. But now we're governed by a mindset, can I use the word propaganda, that says you are in a pandemic, we're all going to die. But I've been saying that for over 30 years right here. 
The pandemic isn't some unseen little bug. It's sin. The wages of sin is death. That's it, preacher. And and so a preacher's been saying, one day you're going to die. And I hate to tell you, you don't know when your ticket is going to get punched. None of us has that control. That's in God's hands. Now all of a sudden, the doom and gloom has come. But, But here's the odd thing. We know that God provided us with a message of good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. We're not being scared into a decision, frightened into a what are we going to do and giving up whatever you may choose to give up based upon something that is propaganda. And the Lord said, look, I'm not using death. I'm just using truth to tell you you don't need to get saved just because you're going to die. You need to get saved because you're going to hell. Well, well, preacher, you can't say that. You know, people are really anxious right now. Yeah, you mean you might die earlier? You say, why? You have a heart attack or a stroke? Now worrying all the time. You got your mind so much on trying to change the channels and stuff, you're not looking at the road anymore. You're looking at text messages. You're doing, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm afraid. I can't even go to the hospital. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Stop. Stop. You say you're just trying to vilify, vilify the media. No, I'm saying history repeats itself. What was done by that list of individuals that I already gave you is being done again. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. What is his number one goal? To deceive the hearts of the simple. What does that mean, preacher? That means to deceive those who are not informed by what thus saith the Lord as opposed to what saith whatever your source is. Because all the information that you've obtained is done to try to force you into a funnel And yet when some preacher tries to tell you, the reason I'm telling you this is because I don't want you to go to hell. It's like, you're trying to control me. Don't tell me what to do. Well, about the judgment seat of Christ, you ain't going to use a God stick on me. Okay. But somebody else is using the propaganda to make you act upon false information. Because the Bible says, skin for skin, all that a man hath, he'll give for his life. I'm going to come back to this in just a second. I'll keep my distance. It's not uncommon that the devil uses one race against another race. That goes all the way back to the days of Cain and Abel. It's propaganda. Something gets passed on from great, 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 great grandpappy to great, 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 great grandpappy to great, 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 great grandpappy to great, great, great grandpappy to great, great grandpappy to great grandpappy to grandpappy. And nobody checked the facts. Nobody looked to see if it was true. You say, where does that go? That goes back to the days of the Hivites and the Jezebites, Jebusites, and it goes back to Cain and Abel. It's all throughout the Bible. And then when you step over into the New Testament, you have Rome against Israel, and you have Jews being hated, and then you step up into, shall I say, American history, and we have whites against blacks, and both sides are being propagandized. And you've been told propaganda about one or the other, and both of you just as dirty as the backside of a drunk in the Fourth of July afternoon. But you believe the propaganda. Amen. 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 The next thing you know, in order to be relevant, you got to deal with racial issues. My foot. Amen. Amen. Amen, preacher. That's what they say I'm to deal with. Maybe you say that. Why? Because you're better than whoever else? Yeah. Hmm. 
It's the greatest tool of the devil. It's propaganda. It's how gossip is spread. You know what gossip is? It's a lie built on a half-truth. Some of it's true, but it's got to have a little twist, you know, to make it more relevant, to make it more enticing, to make it more exciting. I mean, we can't just put the truth out there the way it is. I mean, we need a big choir of people and we need a bunch of songs. We need a lot of dance. We need a lot of foolishness. We need to add something to pump up the service and pep it up. We need to be more like the rest of the world because you know the only way you can reach people, that's propaganda. Jesus never had a choir before he preached. I like choirs. You can't find a place except after the Lord's Supper they sang a hymn and then left. Their song service was after the preaching service. They had their salad after. And we kind of reversed that a little bit. I like good singing. They all talk about check the facts. What they mean is, check my set of facts and you'll find out I'm right. How about if we check his facts? Yes, sir. So Paul comes in to the Corinthian church and he says, Somebody has been lying to you. And after they told you the lie, they sowed the seed. You have now watered it and nurtured it and cared for it with your imagination. Oh my God. We're all going to die. Yeah? Yeah. I said we're going to die. Yeah. You know people are dying? Yeah. They've been dying since Cain killed Abel. 64 people an hour. Okay, now that would be bad if it was in one city. But if we spread that over 50 states... It's like one in a state plus some. I'm not. I'm. I'm not giving you modern. I'm just. I'm just saying. It sounds because it's intended to generate from you a response. Kill the Jews. They're the vermin. They're the rats. They're the ones that are causing all of this problem. Not them trying to take over, not the individual Hitler and Goebbels and the rest of the entourage trying to rule the world, not them slaughtering people by the millions. No, the problem is the Jews. You saw the movie and rats associated with Jews. And if they're convinced in their mind... They'll hang him from a tree. Stalin hung him from the light poles and the telegraph poles and left them. Hitler burned them in ovens, destroyed them by the hundreds of thousands in pits, so much so that they couldn't eradicate all the dead bodies. There wasn't enough people to take care of it. Why? If we can just get rid of this problem. And it caused an entire nation to buy into words. And it led to a world war. Because somebody finally woke up and go, you know, they're not subhuman. As a matter of fact, they seem to be 
unbelievably gifted. As a matter of fact, they seem to be really smart. As a matter of fact, the very ones we're trying to exterminate are the very ones we're using to make rockets and bombs to destroy the ones... A little bit of a double standard. But what the people don't know won't hurt them. Keep feeding them and let their imagination go. You ever have somebody that you heard said something about you? You don't know whether it's true or not. But in your imagination, you're thinking... And then the next time you walk by, there's two of them talking. They quit talking. When you walk by, you're like, I know what they're talking about. And you're going to slap them in the next Sunday. You ever had that happen to you? The seed was cultivated by the devil, but it germinated and was increased by our imagination. What we believe, truth or not, cultivates a half-truth or a lie. Because there's something in us that wants to believe our version of the truth. Oh, it is so hard when the individual comes and goes, Hey, I heard you said I said something. Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. Well, I don't know what you heard, but I was just saying I sure would like to work for you because I thought you'd make a really good chief. Well, that isn't what I heard. I don't know how it got twisted. It got twisted in your imagination. The imaginations. I know they don't like me. You see her? Look how she is. Where'd all that come from? You know what you're throwing on it? Cow manure. Chicken manure. You're facilitating it. You're cultivating it. You're working. You're nurturing it. You're imagining. That's why he says, when your imaginations, when it lifts itself up above what God thinks... You got a problem. Paul Stin, 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, in the passage, bear with me for just a minute. But he shows you the source of it, if I'm correct. He says, first of all, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So there is no way for me to fight it because it's fault between my ears. If that's the case, I better make sure that I have the right weaponry to be able to fight it. Then he goes on to say, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I've got to identify the stronghold. You say, why? The only way that I can give place to the devil is give him the ground to build it. When it comes to what he's trying to sow, the ground has to be so hard that it can't germinate. No matter how much he throws it, you say, what do you do? Cast it down, cut it down. Rip it out before it can get roots. My mama used to have a saying. My mama would say, and people would be like, oh, well, that's just not even real. My mom would say this. My mom would find good about the devil. (laughs) My mom would say, if you don't have something good to say, then don't say anything. You say, why? Well... Because what you're about to say may be based on propaganda. And the only reason you're fixing to move it forward like Goebbels did is because it fits your agenda. The only reason you repeat gossip is because whether it's real or not, you bought into what the gossip does. And you don't like the person you're fixing to talk about. Then the doctrine of the pillow comes in. Now you've let it out. Now you've done irreparable damage. The feathers are all out of the pillow on a windy day and then you realize you were wrong and you go back and try to gather the feathers. 
But you ain't going to never gather them all because you went off and the source was not just what was cultivated. The source was, is that propaganda fit my agenda? And that's why I chose to say something about it. Did you know wars have been fought just by simply changing how someone thinks? You ever study the war against the Polish people? You ever recognize that that race of individuals was considered half-baked and as a result, they thought they need to be eliminated just because they were born Polish? And then here come the jokes because everybody knows Polish people are stupid and ignorant. And they become the butt of jokes because we believe the propaganda that they're somehow or another, I don't know, subhuman. We would never be like Hitler, would we? Well, maybe we wouldn't slaughter the Jews and put them in ovens. But we might slaughter other people that don't line up with us because we've believed the propaganda. Can I use an illustration? And this is going to make some of you uncomfortable. Dr. Ruckman was a friend of mine. I'm not saying that because, oh, he thinks he's special. No, he was a friend of mine. Many people believed the propaganda, calling him unsaved, demon-possessed. Because of his familial situation, a multitude of other things, one fellow that I actually had a, I don't know, a confrontation with, I just, when he was spouting off, I finally got where I just couldn't stand it anymore. He didn't know who I was from out of task. And I just, could I ask you just a real quick question? I said, this is kind of like basic investigative techniques 101. Oh yeah, well, what is it, man? I said, hey man, have you ever called him? No. I said, have you written him a letter? No. I said, you could probably write him an email. He'd never get it. But I said, you ever read him an email? No. I said, have you been down there to talk to him in person? No. I said, how do you know that everything that you're saying right now is true? I said, I can tell you over half of what you just said is a misquotation of facts. And I know the facts. Well, what are they? I said, do you think I'd tell you? I said, I already know what kind of investigator you'd be. You'd make your mind up of who's going to be guilty and you'd put him in jail. You don't care whether the evidence was there or not. Yep. You fall to peer pressure because you're weak. Yes, sir. You got a backbone like a cotton string. And you jump on the bandwagon because of who's here and makes it look like you're associated with the big boys because you pick a little guy to pick on. Because you believed the propaganda. Getting a little better picture? Preacher, are you telling me the news media? I, I, listen, wait a minute before you go crazy. Goebbels was given radio, television, movies, all material. You remember the book burning that was done? You have any, anybody remember that at all? Some of you. Brother Will's like, yeah, I'm with you. Woodard's like, yeah. Everybody else is like, what? They burned the book? Yeah. They burned all books that were not German and didn't have the German yep. mindset. Yep. They burned all the books. By death. People were told on radio stations, if you let any other radio station than a German radio station play on your airwaves, you will be executed. Don't tell me propaganda doesn't matter. It is literally control of all forms of media. What did he do? Get rid of the thing that he studied to become. Because that makes you think like God thinks. 
And when you have enough of this in you, you're not prone to fall for the propaganda. That is propagated since Genesis chapter number 3. Just change what he said. Just, just a little. Not much. Because if we can change what he said into what we want it to say, we've now changed the thought process and therefore we, therefore we change the actions. So instead of believing what God says about Jesus Christ and Him crucified, we fix that because we've got to include everybody else. Instead of believing that the Bible is the absolute truth in all matters of faith and practice, we go, well, I know, but you've got to have human reasoning in there. Because it just makes it so much more palatable. Because who's going to come to church and listen to somebody tell them you're an idiot for believing the propaganda? Which is basically what I've done this morning. I just did it in a nice way. You say, it would have been just easier to just go ahead and tell us we're idiots and let us go to lunch early. Yeah, but... The shock on some of your faces is priceless. It's like, you mean they've been lying to me? Here's the only way you know if they're lying to you. If their mouth is moving. Now if it ain't moving... All they have to do is float the thought out there. Genesis 6, the thoughts of mankind were only evil continually. All I have to do is change their thought life. And I can control not just the United States. I can control the world. Not hocus pocus, dominocus, not smoke and mirrors. Just change how you perceive. Is that what God really said? Or is that just your opinion? Well, the way I see it, just change it a little. Because you say, what happens? Once it happens, you know what happens? Our imagination cultivates it. And you know what he says? You've got to throw that down. You say, why? Because he knows that's a dangerous, that's, that's, that's heavy-duty manure, man. It's full of nitrogen. It'll make you grow really fast. That thing will permeate itself and grow so fast when it is fertilized by your imagination that before long, it will be Jack and the Beanstalk. It'll be huge. You ain't got an axe big enough to cut it down. It's not just wicked, lustful, sexual, perverted thoughts. It's thoughts about what's really important in life. You lose direction about raising your kids and doom and gloom in the world and what are we going to do? We're going to die and we're going to go to heaven and live happily ever after. But our thoughts have now made us, last point, very... Not just reactive, overreactive. Because now we have to validate an untruth. And because of that, our actions go on steroids because we're trying to validate something that we know in our heart really is. So we get hostile and we get arrogant and we get obnoxious and we get aggravated. And we take little bits of truth and little pieces of information and we put them together like a jigsaw puzzle until it becomes a monstrosity to devour anybody that doesn't agree with us. It's just a thought. Sow a thought. Reap a deed. So a deed, reap a habit. So a habit, reap death. Based on 
what you think. Why is Paul so interested in saying of all the things he could say? Folks, let me unplug you for a second here and let me just say uh, you got to be careful because the weapons of your warfare, they're not carnal. This is a spiritually driven issue. Now listen, this can get serious as a sack full of rattlesnakes. What is happening in the world right now is not physical. Well, I got half of you. But people are dying! They die in wars. Have you ever studied the amount of people that died in World War I and World War II? They can't touch the hem of the garment, even adding together what the pandemic did in 1917. What you're experiencing now. Oh, here it comes. This will definitely get us some cards and letters. It's not physical. It's spiritual. That's it. And you're trying to fight it the way unsaved people know how to fight it. This is not that. This is a spiritual battle on warfare, on on steroids, a spiritual warfare that cannot be defeated with carnal weapons. It did not take martial law to keep people from coming to church. It took a microscopic bug. Yep. I'm not making fun. If you had to stay home, stay home. I don't, don't, don't go out here and go, the preacher doesn't think it's really real. No, no, I didn't say it wasn't real. It's as real as Job's turkey. You say, is that in the Bible? He ate him for Thanksgiving. That's why he's not mentioned. <laughs> the weapons of our warfare. Who's the hour? It's not your country. It's the Christian. It's the saved person. Or not carnal. But mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds. Fear, anguish, anxiety, bitterness. Could I say this to you as gently as I know how? Don't hide behind the pandemic when you're just really bitter and that's why you're not coming to church. You're angry. You're looking for some reason to make it something it's not. Don't, don't, you're doing the same. You're, you're making us try to believe propaganda. You're lying. If that's your reason for being home, stay home. Praise the Lord. No problem. I, I don't know whether you should or shouldn't. But maybe you should consider not playing athletics and going to ball games and restaurants and because you surely not work. I, I don't know. I think it's like, it's like the super spreader is the church. Don't look. Don't 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 lie. Don't add that to your list of things. Don't make it something it's not. You don't want to be here. That's okay. That's your business. We respect your... But, but don't, don't, don't make it look like... Because it's hypocritical to say that and then go do everything else as if there's nothing going on. That was free. You can cut that out of the... Well, it was going pretty good till he come in with that. <laughs> Why would somebody utilize a microscopic bug and it seems to have affected churches more than it has anything else? Unless it's spiritual. Unless somebody is trying to cut off your food supply. 
I know you're going to hate what I'm about to say because some of you just can't stand people, but you need each other. And you need to have the time together. That's why the Lord ordained what He did. Some of you are going to be miserable. Have, listen, you, they, they ain't no isolation cells in heaven. You're going to all sit at the table whether you like it or not, and you're going to have dinner and you're going to get along because Daddy says so. I'm going to wind it up. If I look at this thing in a panoramic view, I see a great attack spiritually, not carnally. I don't see anywhere near the carnage that World War II brought. And while this nation and others ignored the fact that over 15 million Jews were slaughtered before they cotton picking got in, doesn't change the facts that we had, shall we say, a portion of all of that. What do I see? This is just a suggestion. I see 2 Corinthians 10. And the imagination is fed by the propaganda machine. Breaking news. Sharks have a mast off the coast of Florida. Don't go in the water. Dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Unbeknownst to the swimmer, there was a shark stalking him. When Sarkin him, he was down there swimming, looking for something to eat. But now, sharks are migrating to the ocean. They're at home in the water. Now, if you really want to get my attention, breaking news, sharks are walking on the beach. Okay. I'm like freaking out right now. Sharks in the water? That's kind of like where they're supposed to be. But if it's a slow news day. Honey, you can't go to the beach today. There's sharks out there. No, Mom, they got them all in a cage now and we're safe to go. Now watch, and I'm done. I think that's the third time I said it. (laughs) You start doing pretty well. And you make the mistake of turning on whatever one you listen to. And within 15 minutes, a thought has been planted that vaults itself, lifts itself up against God. Your mind, your fearfully one of me, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. I'll never leave thee, I'll never forsake thee. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Oh my God, what are we going to do? They're shutting down Colorado. It's because they all smoke dope. <laughs> Did you hear what happened in Spain? No. Why? I'm not going there. But if it happened over there, it could happen here. Uh, Okay. The thought's planted. The imagination cultivates. And before long, instead of looking at the Bible every day, we got to follow the news feed for the week. What's happening wherever it may be? It is a spiritual attack. And Christian, you need to listen if you haven't heard anything else that I've said. The only weapon that will do anything at all is the power of that book through the use of the Holy Spirit and prayer because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. 
but mighty through God, not to pulling down national strongholds, not to eradicate the Ayatollah from Iran who's going to move against Israel. Really, I've been saying that for 35 years. But the strongholds in my own personal life. Because in that passage is the same place where you find comparing themselves among themselves. You say, why? That's a carnal thought. I'm not in a race or a fight against my brothers and sisters. We're all different. And we're all at different levels. And maybe some of us one day will get up to where you are, but until then, just bear with us and be gracious. But the propaganda machine is for the purpose of amping up your physical anxiety because they want to sell you a product. And it's not just things for your depression and anxiety. There it is. I said it. You're not in a battle for the preservation of your flesh. This battle is spiritual. Now is the time to pray and read and go to church and get close to Jesus. You say, why? It is a time of the greatest attack to befall the world because we're almost to the end. So what do I need to do? Follow the Bible? So if thy weapons are not carnal, then I'll ask you a question. Well, I can't ask you, you would know the answer. If I want to charge somebody with a crime in Duval County that is not a federal crime, is it going to work if I go get the driver's handbook from the Department of Motor Vehicles? Or I go to the Department of Agriculture and use their handbook? Or had I better use either Florida state statutes or municipal ordinances? And do, so I better get, can I say, the right book for the right charges? Shall we say the right book for the right occasion? Why are you reading his playbook? What do you think it's going to say? That's battery. What do you think it's going to say? It's going to say exactly what his agenda is. Propaganda. Because he wants to rule you as a Christian. Better get the right book to make sure it's for the right moment in time. Because this battle is for the souls of men and women and it is a battle for rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. It is not for your physical self-preservation. There it is. Preacher, you finally made a statement about that. Well, I've let it build for several months. But right now, you know what you need to consider? Genesis 6 is on repeat. Law of first mention. The thoughts of mankind were only evil continually. What happened? Does anybody know? I think there was judgment, wasn't there? Let's see, was there a flood? Oh, wow. There was. That was a guy named Noah. He wasn't a Jew, he was a Gentile. And let's see, there were seven in his family and Noah. Hmm, that's eight. Number for new beginnings. And those eight were lifted above the judgment. Oh, what's happened? Well, was that worldwide or was that just the United States? It was worldwide, wasn't it, Brother Caleb? Wasn't it, Brother Brad? 
And eight people mattered. And the Lord put them on a boat. And He lifted them up above the judgment. And the judgment was worldwide. Where do you get that? From a Bible? I don't get it from the news media. You say, why? It was spiritual. You know what Noah did? He was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years before the Lord said, get in the ark, boy. Noah didn't preach on current events. That thing which shall be, Ecclesiastes 3, hath already been. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. Don't fall for the propaganda. This is not carnal. It's spiritual. And preachers, what happens if you come down with COVID-19 and you die? Then I die the same way as if I jump off the roof, I break my leg. Then I die. Same way if I catch the flu or pneumonia or cancer. I die. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. But inside me, don't never die. Amen. If I get sick and die, I don't ever have another problem. But don't take that fear of death and turn this into something carnal. It's spiritual. And the only way you're going to fight it is with His weapons. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Enough has been said there. I hope and pray it may make some sense out of a unsensible time for me it makes perfect sense for me it is an aha moment it is a wow the tumblers just fell in place and the safe opened the dominoes just fell oh wow wow I never even considered that this is wow really this is spiritual well no wonder that everything we're doing is not working. We're fighting with the wrong weapons. We're firing a BB gun and a rubber tire. And the way to fight this is heads bowed and knees bent and saying, Lord, help me. Father, I pray that you might help us to understand all of this rhetoric, shall I say, all of the devil's propaganda to get us involved in obtaining our physical rights, fighting for our physical rights, standing on capital steps and defending our rights is a carnal weapon indeed. When the time we should be spending should be on our knees in probably the greatest spiritual battle that this world has ever seen, but certainly for those of us Christians alive during this time, the greatest spiritual battle that we've ever seen. More so than a battle for the lives of our kids and the hearts of men, but for the battle of souls and for rewards that would be pleasing to you at the judgment seat. Would you help to realign our thinking? Help us to cast down the imaginations and the propaganda, the thoughts that lift themselves up against you. And listen to what you say instead of what the devil said in Genesis 3. Help us to divorce ourselves from the yea hath God said society. And stop, look for car- stop looking for carnal answers during a time of a spiritual warfare. And equip us, Lord, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.